All right, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast about libraries, school libraries, and of course reading for pleasure. And every once in a while, we get really lucky and I'm able to interview uh, an author. And today is um, today's no different. We are we are very very lucky to have Nadine Haruni, um, the author, uh, an award winning author of the Free to the Frog book series children and a brand new um, uh, middle grade fantasy trilogy um, for readers uh, called The Hat Diaries, The Secret Life of Ryan Rigby. And that is why um, we are here today to discuss that and many other things. Um, Nadine, thank you so much for um, for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Lucas. Um, I mean, just to start right off, basic question. Do you want to just tell the listeners what um, The Hat Diaries is all about? Sure. <laughs> so it's a middle grade fantasy series. Uh, I actually say it's geared for people who believe in magic and everyone of all people of all ages who are open minded and have a big imagination. The story is a it's, so it's, it's middle grade appropriate, but I'm hoping sort of it's nothing like the Harry Potter series, but akin right. to the Harry Potter series. I'm hoping that teenagers and adults like this as well. It's a 13 year old boy. Uh, is the narrator, Ryan Rigby, and he's telling a story. It's written in the form of a diary, but it's it's about this sort of secret world he enters when he meets a guy named Merlo, who's sort of a, he describes him as a cartoonish looking geriatric wizard who <laughs> is a caretaker at a factory, hat factory his mom works at called Harry's Haberdashery. And and he uh, he tells him that the factory is magical and Ryan kind of thinks he's an old kook when he first hears this. But he starts taking hats home from the factory when nobody's looking and starts wondering what it would be like to, to be the role of whatever the hat wearer is when he falls asleep at night. When he goes to bed at night, boom, he puts on the hat and he becomes the role of this hat wearer. And oh, cool. his real life and his imaginary life start sort of coalescing and merging to the point by the end, he's not sure what's real and what's not real. That's really cool. I love, I love that idea. <laughs> um, I'll definitely get back to that in a minute. But I'm going to think um, when you were growing up, when you were younger, what were the books, I guess, that spoke to you that kind of like it had an impact on you, if you could think of anything? I mean, if you can, don't worry, I can I can talk about mine if you have to. <laughs> Oh, sure. No, absolutely. For me, it was Judy Bloom. That was my, uh, nice. my big go-to book because she talked about things that people didn't really talk about. And yeah. and at the time when I was that, that age, like a teenager, young teenager, she really spoke to me and the characters were very relatable. And that was something actually when I was writing my books, I tried to keep in mind, my books are nothing like Judy Bloom books and they're sort of a fantasy. But this boy, the, the narrator, Ryan Rigby, he's in his own head a lot and he's sort of speaking uh, freely the way what people would think about I think and things that teens would think about and things I remember thinking about and sort of um, second guessing himself and as a little bit of I guess a little bit of social anxiety and stuff like that and sort I tried to make him relatable I mean um interesting uh, that you mentioned Judy Bloom because um, as a school librarian here in the UK I mean her books are still really popular students still ask for hers um, I mean I mean I guess it's not um, too much of a surprise but it is it is great because they sometimes books like that don't hold up like over time if that makes sense so yeah. um, but hers do for sure um, now there's a new movie out for... yes I know <laughs> 
Um, what what was your decision to make it in a diary format? Just because I know that the books that are in that format, and again, I'm relating it to my um, school library where we have ages 11 to 19, they're really popular and the kids like them because they're accessible and again, they can relate to them. But was there, did you, um, wh why did you land on that specific kind of format? It was a little bit of a personal decision, actually, because I I sort of started my writing career, if you will, when I was a teenager and I would write in a diary and okay. I would write about everything that was going on in my real life and just things that I was hoping for and stuff like that. So it wasn't a fantasy life like Brian has this other world going on when he puts on hats, but I really sort of kind of told it all in my diary and um, I felt so I felt a lot of kids do that, that they, they, if they don't feel comfortable talking to other people about their feelings, there are a lot of kids who keep a diary or a journal or something and write that way. And, and he was able to sort of tell the story by just letting it all out without filter. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's cool. Um, what the other question I was going to have about, um, I guess, uh, the style or maybe, um, uh, some, as someone myself who's trying to, um, to write, I struggle, um, I feel like there's a lot of expectation on writers to, or someone who wants to be a writer, um, to meet a certain word count every day. Do you have a specific style? Do you like to? Do you have like a specific routine that you have to do each day? Or are you just? Because for me, it's more like oh, I just because um, I'm so I just feel like I'm so busy. Maybe it's an excuse, but may, <laughs> I feel like I just I just do it when I can do it. What do you have a specific style or rigid routine that you stick to or anything? I get it. No, I, I don't really have a rigid routine. And I think, and I always tell like I, I, every now and then I'll post sort of advice and tidbits and stuff like that. And I tell oh, people, cool. even if you have five minutes a day, yeah. sometimes I'll be sitting in the car or of course, I think this is, <laughs> I've heard this before this happens with writers that my best inspiration happens when I'm in the shower or something yeah. and someone can't write anything down. <laughs> yeah. So just sometimes jot things down in, in a note in my phone and sort of, it's incoherent a little bit when I'm jotting it down as the notes and then I yeah. try to string it together when I have time. So when I was writing this book and especially when I was in the editing mode, I was, I tried to be, I tried to be pretty disciplined. Now this book is the first of a trilogy. So now I actually have a contract for book two and book three. So because I'm more on a deadline and I don't, it's not as loosey goosey. I've been trying to be more disciplined yeah. um, writing and saying and blocking weekends to just say, because like you, I'm busy, especially during the week. I have another career as well that I'm sort of juggling. So I tried to on the weekend say, okay, I'm going to write for three hours each day, Saturdays and Sundays. And then during the week, if I have a little bit of time here and there, I, I would fill in, but I didn't put pressure on myself with, I know a lot of authors do do that and everybody has their own thing, but I didn't yeah. put pressure on myself for it has to be this day and it has to be this word count because there's some days when I went well above what I would love to do. And then there's other days where I sat there staring at the computer and it was like a staring contest yeah, <laughs> between no. me and the computer and I'd have to walk away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes me feel better though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone. <laughs> um, is there, I mean, is there, when, when um, a teen or a, or a tween reads uh, or anyone, or adult reads um, uh, The Hat Diaries, uh, is there something, is there anything specific you want them to take away from it? Anything that you were like really putting into that you say, I hope they get at least get this from it? Yeah, I, I think I'm hoping that people, kids of all ages, adults, it just helps them develop um, or just promotes the idea of having uh, an open imagination and 
not being a little more open-minded to things yeah and also that you can change as a person because ryan the character he evolves a lot he becomes more confident and just who you think you are is not necessarily who you actually are to other people and I feel like that maybe connects to um, your other books as well, which are about different families, different situations. Is that is that accurate to say? Your other books are about, you know, just people with different experiences, things that different things that happen to them. Yes. The, the, the Freed of the Frog series, which is for a younger audience, mm. um, it's picture books, although I believe it or not, I've had some teens write to me on Instagram, DM me that the books help them because I think the yep. messages are a little more sophisticated. But oh, each wow, cool. of those books, yeah, there are five books and they each, they follow this frog family around as they meet different families and go through different real life things. And these are all things that me and my kids went through. And I wrote about it from the vantage point, not as a expert or school psychologist or anything like that, but just as a parent who was sort of struggling with how to open up these conversations with my kids to these real life topics. Yeah. And that's what the books, my those other books are meant to be, sort of an acute way with a cute frog wearing glasses. She's telling a story free to the frog, but there's an important lesson and it's designed to help parents and librarians and school psychologists as a tool to open up these conversations to these convers- topics that might be considered taboo or used to be considered taboo. Um, it's really interesting. You talked about the uh, the teens because I sometimes use uh, wordless picture books with teens just to get them to think creatively and come up with their own like what's happening. They they really enjoy it. Um, I think there's like this. Um, there's also this. Um, this is going a little bit on a tangent, but there's also a little bit of stigma around reading to older kids, which I do all the time. They love it. Um, uh, so I'm glad that you have that connection with teens who have found. Um, uh, relatable and, um, as you said, uh, sophisticated messages in books that, quote unquote, are aimed at or are for, quote unquote, um, you know, young, young audiences. So I, I think that's really cool because uh, I'm always trying to look for ways to use <laughs> picture books with older kids. <laughs> oh, great. Well, hopefully Free to the Frog can help you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you talked about uh, you started your writing career as a teen. So what did that look like? So what were you writing about then? Back then, I was writing about things that were, I would say, not only just, I mean, my I had my diary, like I said, and I sort yeah. of treated that almost like um, it was something I did every day. It was something that was part of my day. But I wrote poems and sometimes short stories and stuff like that. Yeah. I actually kind of in the back of my mind, I always wanted to be a writer. Uh, this was really, and I, I, I always took art classes growing up. I was never a Picasso, but I was more creative. Right. I uh, had a dad who was sort of pushing me in another direction. So I never pursued it. So I joke around and, and say it took me in my mid forties to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> yeah, no, I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So you, um, but did you, did you find you were writing constantly as a teen, as a younger person? Yeah, I was. I mean, I was more, you know, as I said, it was a hobby and and those were always the classes growing up. I excelled in and I went to classes and I took, and then even as an adult, I took a class at a college in New York City. Um, This is already when I was working in my field, but just as a a nighttime college classes called writing and illustrating children's books. Oh, wow. Because I think, I think if you're a writer, it never hurts. You can never get enough. Even if even if you consider yourself a professional writer, it never hurts to get more training. It can help you um, and give you a different vantage point and stuff. Um, because so again, I I I can only um, 
relate to my own experience here, but when I, um, uh, I'm starting to write a little bit more and um, I'm sharing, I'm finally able to share what I write with um, people that I know. Is that something you're able to do? Because initially I couldn't do it just because I was too worried because that it was garbage. So I just couldn't, I couldn't do it, but now I'm able to do it. I don't know why I just, I just decided, but how, how do you, do you do that? Do you share it with people before you, you know, send it off or get anyone else to look at it or how does, how does that work? Yeah. I think it's very important to have a lot of eyes on something yeah. because sometimes you're staring at the page so much and you don't see certain things, even not whether, whether it's um, grammatical, let's say mistakes or, because you're staring at it so much, you don't notice something or things that might make sense to you in your head might not, not make sense to somebody else who's reading it and doesn't know what, where your mind is at. And if you are a grown up writing for, like I said, this is middle grade fantasy. So I'm hope um, it's a middle grade appropriate, meaning for younger kids yeah. to understand and stuff. It's also, you have to keep in mind that I might not say things the way a 13-year-old boy would say things, like my narrator. So I did yeah. have a bunch of, aside from, I had a professional editor, of course, but I also had a bunch of of just friends who were my quote-unquote editors who would read through. I also had a bunch of kids, uh, teenagers, who were my smart teenagers, <laughs> who were good writers and avid readers, who would also be my readers and keeping it real for me, so to speak, because there was yeah. a couple of points. My son, actually, he's, well, now he's 19. But when I was in the throes of writing this book a couple of years ago, he would shake his head with some of the things I wrote. He goes, oh, my God, no 13-year-old boy would talk like that. And I would say, okay, well, I'm a 50-something-year-old mom, so tell yeah. me how a 13-year-old boy would talk. So it's good to get other people's opinions. Yeah, and it changes so fast as well. Um, I can't keep up with it in the school, even though I work in a school. It's um, it's hard to keep up with everything that happens. It just happens that, I mean, when we were younger, everything kind of happened more slow, of way slower. It's so lightning fast now, the way things are changing, different True. different fads and things. Um, True. So what is, um, so again, we always, um, or I should say, uh with the hat diaries is there um another like is there a specific genre that you would love to explore next or i mean i know you've got a, a contract to write um the whole um the whole series of these but is there something you're really um with middle grade now that you've written one and looking to do a different kind of genre series or type of book I, well, so like you said, yes, I have a contract. I have three, three books in this trilogy, uh, which, and I also have ideas for, I'm going to be busy with this for a while because yeah. from these three books, I also have an idea for if, if this is as successful as I'm hoping it's going to be yeah. for a kind of a darker spinoff, nice. uh, which is also sort of the fantasy adventure realm, but maybe a little darker. So that'll be keeping me busy for a while, but I would, I would say, and then, and then I would, when I'm done with all those, my plan is to go back to writing more Frida the Frog books. I have kind cool. of a half dozen more in mind of topics of things that I think are helpful for families. Right. When that's all done and I'm in my seventies, <laughs> <laughs> I would like, I would love to do kind of Judy Bloom type of stuff, meaning things that I remember going through as an adolescent girl. So yeah. That might be something I would tackle also kind of middle grade appropriate. Uh, that's really cool. So how important do you feel is it that, I mean, you, you found Judy Bloom um, 
uh, I'm trying to think of the books. I mean, for me, it was more fantasy. So this is kind of a two-pronged question. So how did you um, gear towards fantasy? What was the interest there? Because you're, you're writing more about real-life situations, even though they are aimed at, you know, very young. Um, and then you switch to fantasy. What, did you always have an interest in fantasy? Or was that something that just kind of, oh, I could um, I could uh, write a character that was involved in this kind of scene? Or were you always loving, a lover of fantasy? I actually was never a lover of fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny I, that, I, that I picked this genre. But yeah. my mom and I, her name is Frida. So she's the inspiration for the Frida oh, series. Cool. So my mom and I, about 10 Maybe maybe more than ten years ago, but ten years ago or so, came up with the idea for the Hat Diaries, and we were just talking about it. And I don't, I honestly don't even know how it came up and evolved, really. But we kind of talked it through, and we kind of came up with the concept. Nice. And neither of us, and the funny thing is that neither of us really read this particular genre. It was just an idea we came up with, and I started reading more fantasy books, yeah. and just to get kind of inspiration and to get the feel for it. And the Harry Potter series, which is obviously brilliant. And I got really excited and into it. So Oh, cool. Well, that's, that's, that's cool. I just was um, was curious. So um, I guess my other uh, question around that was, um, if you're thinking about, we always ask this kind of question to uh, uh, with our authors. Sometimes our students get to do these during the school year. We're still on summer break here, obviously. But um if you were able to uh, kind of meet your um, teenage self, what advice would you give? Not just about writing, but anything. What would you say to them? What a <laughs> good question. That's a Ooh. tricky one. But... <laughs> <laughs> I know I was putting you on what the spot. Oh, so many things. I know. I the number one thing I would say is kind of not to care what people think. Yeah. And because when you're young, you now I'm kind of at an age where, I mean, thank God I'm not old enough where I have still have a filter, right? I'm not just <laughs> <laughs> blurting out yeah. what comes to mind as opposed to my mom, let's say, who yeah. <laughs> using her filter as she gets older. <laughs> I yeah, have a filter, but I, you know, when you're young, you really care about so much about what people think about what you're doing and you second guess everything you do. And even adults do it as well. And I sometimes will do that, but I, not as much. As I've gotten older, I, I care less about what people think and I do what I want to do. Uh, obviously not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings, but I just more, I guess I'm, I'm less concerned about how it'd be perceived as opposed to when you're a kid and you're a teen and you're always worried about looking cool and fitting in and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's what, what I, that's the number one thing I would tell myself. Yeah. It's amazing how much we emphasis uh, I did as well. Like so worried about what other people uh, uh, think. And that does fade huge amount. Um, um yes, so, and also i don't know if you ever saw the movie 13 going on 30 did you ever yeah, see that movie? oh yeah i have seen that yeah yeah okay I, so I that's that. one of my daughter's favorite it just made me think of that it's one of mine and my daughter's favorite movies and mm -hmm. but if if you remember that movie she becomes 30 and then when she goes back and she's 13 she, again she goes she goes for the guy who was kind of nerdy because she knows he's the right guy as an adult she doesn't care what her friends think so right right yeah, yeah that's true yeah that, uh, that's really cool um <laughs> okay so um what's uh my i guess one of my uh my last uh not last but second uh close to last uh questions is what does um when you're uh writing what does i guess literary uh success look like to you whether it's you know just getting it in the hands of people or anything what does it look like what do you what do you what do you consider in your mind 
um, what, you know, what do you want to achieve with these books? I would, number one, I would like to get my books in all the schools. Yeah. I think, and I, I, because I have another side, uh, hustle sort of job, it's difficult for me to find time to, to actually try to get school visits and do that kind of thing. But if I was doing this fully full time, that's what I would do more school visits. Uh, and, and I will do some school visits, but getting it into all the schools I'd say would be really great. Seeing it when when you walk into Barnes and Noble and yeah. or the bookshops and you see like let's say the whole table for the Harry Potter series or something like that, seeing something like that would be success. And um, since I'm dreaming here big, I my goal is for this to be a screenplay. I kind of wrote yeah. the, the first book in mind with it being a screenplay and trying to pick visualize how it would look in a movie. So that yeah. would be that would be that would be pretty cool. <laughs> That would be amazing. Yeah, I know. I guess walking into a bookshop and seeing it on the shelves would be a pretty special uh, moment, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I guess um, I know we talked about like teenage advice and things like that. So we have a lot of, um, and I'm sure you do in around your in your life as well. We have a lot of young aspiring writers. So what advice would you give to them specifically to writing? What would you say? To I would person? say it's really important to. Number one, it's it's kind of like a, a muscle sort of your write, writing brain and, and everything just to keep it, keep it um, in practice, so to speak, to keep writing, to keep at it, to not go months and months without writing. Even if you're, as I did as a teen, if you're writing in your diary, that's still writing, but to just yeah. keep keep getting in the habit of writing your thoughts down and feelings and taking notice of what's around you. Also, like what I do, I said, the method that works for me is you don't always have to say this is my designated writing time, have a note in your phone, an app or something where you're just jotting stuff down. And even if it's incoherent, you could string it together later. And just things take time. Nothing is, there's not going to be an overnight success. I mean, it takes, it takes a long time for things to happen. And um, sometimes, and, and I feel like you should, if you have an idea and you really feel like that's something like for me, this book, I came up with the idea with my mom about 10 years ago, but it, it took COVID happening for me to really sit down and buckle down and really start writing it. Yeah. So when you feel it, sometimes you can't, you may have the idea, but you can't get inspired. But when inspiration strikes, kind of go for it and, and don't give up on it. And even if it just becomes something you finish for yourself, it doesn't always have to go to the end and the finish line like mine did to be, become a, a book that you try to get published, but to just keep going for it. And there's going to be a lot of rejection. It took me a long time to get an agent. It's difficult an agent the whole process is is not for the weary and the people that you see i mean other than celebrities who you'll see their book it's published in overnight they've written a book before it sells five million copies (laughs) the regular average person that that's not reality that's i mean that's really good advice that it's not for the weary because it isn't and um rejection um we had an author visit once um at the school and I, she, she nailed it because somebody said, you know, how many times did you get rejected or something? A student asked her. And I mean, it was like 111 times, she said, something like wow. that. I know. And the persistence you need <laughs> to yeah. kind of sometimes just get through because you will if you persist, but it just takes a lot. So um, that was that kind of mirrored that. It was very good advice. Um, that is it. That is really, really great. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us today when uh can uh people get the hat diaries 
So it's officially releasing everywhere on every website, September 12th. Right. But for those people that are burning to read it, <laughs> I hope it's everybody listening. September 12th is the release date, but you can pre-order it now on Amazon, right. on Barnes & Noble, and you can go to my website, which is nadineharuni.com. And if you want to watch me be dorky and uh, and stuff like that, you can go to Nadine Haruni Books, and I have a link there as well on social media. Excellent. And I'll post those links um, on my uh, when I when I post the uh, episode as well and all the other plugs. Great. So uh, I want to thank you once again for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure. Thanks so much <laughs> for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Okay.